pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. G'day guys, my name's Eero, aka Imperial Rebel Orc. Welcome to my second episode of the podcast, Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. Let's get on with the show. First up, I have a new email that you can uh, uh, contact me on if need be in regards to anything hobbyish, or just if you've got any questions or anything like that, you can contact me on imperialrebelork at gmail.com. I won't spell all that because I'll get lost with all the with all the letters there, but um, and I'll probably screw it up. But it's imperialrebelork at gmail.com. Today's date is the 11th of April 2020. We are slap bang in the middle of the coronavirus, COVID-19 outbreak, apocalypse, whatever you want to call it. Um, The reason I bring it up is because it's definitely affecting uh, the hobby world. It's affecting the whole world, of course, but bring it down to uh, what we do. And it's, yeah, there's definitely been some ripples and some some stoppages of certain things. For instance, um, people getting together and playing war games uh, that I did listen to a podcast the other day where they were talking about doing it online with like with web cameras and all that kind of thing but and they said it's it sort of works but um it sort of doesn't as well because yes you're playing a game but you may as well like you know play a normal standard video game because it kind of loses the personality loses the excitement and loses that you know that just sort of like you know thumping your partner if he beats you at a certain thing and and sharing a beer or a cup of tea or whatever um it's also affected, uh, you know, uh, bricks and mortar shops, of course, all the games workshops in my area, at least. And as far as I know, globally have all shut their doors until further notice. Um, I didn't, I didn't frequent my one all the time, but I liked the fact that it was there just in case I did need to pop in and grab some paints or some inks or whatever, or some brushes. So yeah, I'm hopeful, obviously. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, optimistic that it will all come back again all the shops will reopen their doors they're a big enough sort of company uh that can have probably got a massive you know stockpile of cash that they can sort of rely on to see them through some of the the darker times the grim dark times of the COVID-19 I'm sure they'll uh, they'll they'll bounce back like a lot of the other bigger companies out there it's more the you know the mums and dads sort of game shops and things like that that I'm more concerned about um, because yeah, they don't have a big, they probably don't have a big stack of cash that they can sort of uh, see them through the darker time. So yeah, fingers crossed that everyone's going to be okay and all these little businesses and the bigger businesses can bounce back. As far as online companies, um, I'm not across all of them at this stage. I haven't done too much research, but I do know that uh, Games Workshop have still uh, closed down all their ordering, which I'm to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that they won't do the online ordering. Um, I sort of think they could surely they could run with a skeletal crew or something. I don't know, um, just to fulfil online orders. But you know what? I'm not the CEO of a big company, and I, you know I don't have to worry about people's safety and well-being apart from my own family. So maybe that's why. Maybe they're just going. Well, let's just play it safe as houses, and we'll just close everything down. Um, now, Warlord Games, the, the guys who bring us Bolt Action and um, Hail Caesar and uh, many, many more, um, they uh, they actually did close down everything as well. But then they reopened. I think about three or four days ago, as far as I was aware they reopened their online store so uh they are running with a skeletal crew at their uh, at their um 
warehouse over in the UK. And uh, yeah, they are fulfilling orders now and, and taking new orders as well. So, so you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, um, other companies can sort of try to do the same thing and, and follow suit. But it means, you know, we can start climbing back up and, and getting our paints and getting our, our bits and pieces and our models again. And, and you know, in these tough times, a lot of people that I'm seeing online, it's the hobby that's keeping them sane. It's, it's being able to paint some little metal miniatures or put some plastic ones together and you know do all that kind of stuff behind the scenes uh that is keeping them their head above the water so uh if we can get these companies back on board uh it's only going to help us more now i wanted to talk about my approach to the hobby um it's probably not what's the word like it's not your standard i suppose it's not um I definitely err on the side of the actual doing the hobby, the creative side things more than I do the gaming side. Uh, like, and as I've always said through my life, each to their own. Though any way you want to approach something is is entirely up to you. But from what I can gather, and this is from other comments I've had on Instagram and also uh, my blog over on WordPress, is that uh, yeah, uh, my spin is is quite different now. I think there's lots of people out there that are quite unique. Um, many, many people that are out there are quite unique. But, and I guess I fall into that category of of hobbyist because I don't. I typically don't just buy a kit, put it together, and paint it, and then put it on a on a, a tabletop, you know, and play the game. Um, I very, very rarely play any games anyway. My approach is simply, um, I look at a model in a box and I think, what can I do to it to make it unique for me? So <laughs> it could be as simple as like a head swap. I might get a little Imperial Guardsman and go, well, I actually want an orc head on his body, which I haven't done, but that's the kind of thing I think. I don't I don't look at something and go, wow, this is exactly how you do it, and that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow the rules and the instructions exactly, um, and that'll be me. I'm going to paint it the way Duncan, <laughs> who, who we all know Duncan, the great painter who was with Warhammer, was with Games Workshop, but no longer. Now he's got his own thing going on. Um, you know, I, I yes, I get some tips and tricks and stuff, uh, but I, I don't go, well, I've got to go with this kind of green for Acadian. I've got to go with... I don't do that. I just sort of do my own thing. And I, for me, that's, that's the biggest part of it is the creativity, is using my own imagination um, to make whatever I want. When I was a kid, for example, um, yes, I would set up all my little army men and play with them on the rugs and you had, you know, the green basically versus is the grey, uh, but yeah, like sometimes He-Man would rock up and just kill everyone, or um, I had some like Jurassic Park toys and they would like tear into the German soldiers and the German soldiers have to try and fight back as much as they possibly could and, um, and kick some ass or they might even train the dinosaurs to fight the little green men. <laughs> so if you've just tuned in, you're probably thinking, what the shit is he banging on about? But, <laughs> but what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, is that I, my approach to most things in life in general aren't the standard I suppose uh even with the way I do my own run my own business and all that kind of thing as well yeah I like to do things my way and not not to um this isn't don't, don't get me wrong I'm not criticizing anyone who 
wants to go by the rules and follows the instructions and paints um, you know, a, a space marine exactly the way it's meant to be painted and, and put together and all that kind of thing. But for me, I'd I'd go I'd go numb with that. I would I wouldn't find any fun in that. And I kind of get it. Like I sort of think, well, if someone's building something specifically for a type of war game, like say if you're doing um, say if you're playing bolt action and you're uh, doing Stalingrad, then of course you want the Russians, the Soviets to look right and you want the Germans. So I suppose when it comes to historical stuff, you've got to be kind of by the rule. We well, don't got to be, but you generally you've, you want to be by the rule book because, um, because aesthetically when you've got everything out on the battlefield, it looks like Stalingrad or it looks like um, the Alamo or whatever the case may be, but it looks the way you want it to be from the historical books you've been reading and all that kind of thing, all the docos and, and blah, blah, blah. But my thinking is, I kind of like that. I do like that. And as I've got older, I like that even more. But my thinking is you could do Stalingrad, but why not have the Soviets as these bionic, um, half human, half uh, robotic uh, warriors up against, you know, um, the might of the German army, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then make it your own, make it, make it different. Or maybe the Aussies, maybe you've painted the whole bunch of bolt action Australians and they've decided to team up with the Germans in this scenario. And they've gone, yeah, well, let's, let's take Stalingrad and share it out together. Like, so, so what I'm saying is, Yes, uh, rules are fine, but I tend to break the rules more than I follow them. And at the end of the day, it's not really affecting anyone because I'm a bit of a soloist. I'm a hobbyist soloist. <laughs> so I, I share my hobby online with people and all that kind of thing. But generally, I, I'm not a part of any group or, or, or a club or anything like that. I'm just out in the world doing my own crazy things. As I mentioned before, the creativity is number one for me. I've uh, my background is I've always drawn pictures, whether it's cartoons or um, crazy little nightmarish pictures. Um, I've I've always been musical as well, with different type of creativity, and written my own songs, written poems, written stories. Um, taught myself how to play different instruments purely just so I can make more things. So uh, when I was heavily into music, recording lots of weird and wonderful sounds, um, I'd do things like tap on a bottle in the shower uh, just for the echo I'd get, or I, <laughs> which makes me sound like a lunatic, I know. Or I'd play the ukulele um, in the rain outside uh, because you could hear the pitter-patter of it of the rain around me while I was playing or yeah any, any <laughs> anything like that I'd um I'd scream into a jar and record that and add that to something and then manipulate the 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 frequency to make it really high pitched or 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 um gravelly or whatever the case may be so I every single thing I've ever done I've always approached it outside of the square I haven't I haven't written a song and gone okay so it's four bars and I'll sing it this way and that's my song I have done a little bit of that but generally I'm I'm yeah I'm not doing that I'm making it quite different and some <laughs> sometimes it's worked other times it's been a complete mess I won't lie to you um and it's the same with the hobby I I sometimes I sit down and I go right I've got this vision 
of this winged beast that's sort of like clinging to the side of a building. And in that building, there's a whole bunch of guys leaning out the window, shooting down at it or something like that. And then the idea is there, I'll draw, I'll put up some sketches or whatever, and then I'll start to make it, but the inspiration won't be there. Or I'll screw it up right from the start and go, nah, this isn't exactly how I want it to be. And either I'll just junk it, I'll just go, nah, nah, scrap it, Don't. I'm going to do something else. Or I'll use the bits and pieces I've already got there and my my new angle will be completely different from the original one. Apart from a couple of projects I've got, um, one of the biggest one I've got is the is the Praetorian Guard Army I've been working on for oh, eighteen months, I think. Um, now, in that, in that, that's a good army to sort of. Um, demonstrate what I'm talking about my my unique approach is that yes I've got the the standard guardsmen in red with the pith helmets and all that kind of thing but um I'm also going to have ogres I haven't made them yet but I'm going to also you know the ogrins or whatever you want to call them um, I'm also going to have those I've also built this 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 really um like this creepy crawly sort of walker mechanical walker thing that um a droid um, general drives uh, and controls. Um, yeah, so I... And I've built this fort thing for them as well. And uh, yeah, so I, I like having something that's recognisable as well, but, but then still putting my own stamp on it, my own signature and giving it something a little bit more. Uh, one guy I had um, uh, where it was basically, he was the, I think he's called Colonel Ironhand from the Katachins. Um, I'm talking Games Workshop miniatures. Um, I took his head off and put on a very classic like pith head, pith helmet head with a with a beautiful moustache and so you've got this character who is quite classic as far as the head goes but then he's half naked with a bionic arm and yielding a a shotgun you know so (laughs) I don't know that to me that just looks cool it looks better than the original model was in my mind um and it's unique for me and my army I also had uh you know you know Ash from Evil Dead well I picked up I picked up a miniature of him. I think it might have been from Hassle Free. Um, I didn't give him the chainsaw arm, but he's got the shotgun and he's got an axe, uh, like a fireman's axe. And I decided to paint him like a disheveled uh, Praetorian guardsman. So he doesn't have the helmet, but he's got the, the white straps or webbing or whatever you want to call it across a red ripped shirt. He's got the blue pants. Um, yeah, and he, 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 he fits into the army, but but is not like any of the other troops, you know? So I really, really get a buzz out of that. I just, I look at a, a character or a miniature and go, right, how could I make him a part of something I'm doing rather than just going, yep, he's Ash from the Evil Dead. I'm going to paint him like Ash from the Evil Dead. I also do a, a hell of a lot of kit bashing and, and converting. And this all, uh, you know, subs- subscribes into the fact that I don't follow the rules. So, so I'll be building a uh, a Chimera tank or something, but I, I won't put the top on, I won't put the turret on, I'll have it all open and it will be like an APC, still like an APC, but all open top and with a, a nice big stubber gun hanging out the back for my traitor guard, for example. Uh, and then I'll, you know, paint slogans on it and have it quite weathered and disheveled and bullet ridden. And, and I just love that. I love 
I don't like clean lines. I don't like clean paint. Personally, I definitely appreciate what people do out there for sure and, and quite impressed. But I think knowing my limitations of painting especially makes me want to weather something more because I think, well, I, I, I'm, I do okay with the weathering. Um, but when it comes to just painting clean, nice stuff, uh, <laughs> I can't really do it. So that's why I think I tend to lean more towards, yep, I'm going to make this scrappy, you know, or whatever. I'll be talking more about conversions in a later episode. I'll probably end up dedicating a whole episode to just conversions because that's my, like I said, create the creativity part of the hobby is my favorite thing. But a little subheading to that is conversions. So, so just changing everything and uh, and making it completely unique is the number one thing for me. Uh, but as I say, I'll, uh, I could easily bang on about it now, but I'll, <laughs> I'll save that for, uh, for a later episode. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. So in each episode, I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about what I'm currently working on. Now, if you're anything like me, uh, you're a bit of a hobby butterfly. Let me explain what that is for anyone who doesn't no, no, it's not me um, dressed as a butterfly while I while I uh, make plastic models and paint them. Um, no, it's it's someone who uh, is a bit of a shotgun approach to the hobby or anything really. You can't just I can't just go right. I like this project. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna build um, uh, Imperial Japanese for bolt action. And I'm going to work on that until it's finished. I'm going to build the whole army. Then I'm going to paint the whole army. And then I'm going to put a big tick on that project and say, that's done for me now. Um, yes, in a perfect world, that's that's kind of the idea and that's the plan, the long-term plan. But then what typically happens for me is, yeah, I'll go, right, I'm going to do this and I'll get all excited and I'll be thinking about color schemes and, and basing and, and what units I want and all that kind of thing and get really pumped about it. And I'll, I'll be laying in bed at night, like not sleeping because I'll be so excited thinking about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And then a couple of days later, I'll see something online or I'll, or I'll watch a movie or I'll read something or the inspiration can come from literally anywhere. I'll see something on the ground, you know, like it can come down to that um, and go, oh, this gives me an idea to do a three-legged beast that has a whole army of three-legged beasts behind it. <laughs> Not that I've done that, but that's the kind of thing that happens. So therefore, I'll start one thing, go on to another, and then I'll go on to another one. And then I'll go, hey, what about this one? And I'll go on to that one. And then I'll start another one. <laughs> and it just goes on and on and on. Now, sometimes I give myself a hard time. Sometimes I'm like, shit, man, you need to, you need to finish these things. Like you don't be one of those people that start something and doesn't finish. But then the other half of my brain kicks in and I go, well, who cares? Like, it's just my stuff. It's not like I've got people relying on me to finish stuff. Like with my work, for example, I'm, I map something out, I plan something out, tell people what I'm going to do. And I tell them this is how long it's going to take. And bingo, I get it done. And I, I under promise and oversupply every single time. But when it comes to my own stuff, my own little crazy hobby, um, 
I don't put those limitations on myself. Yes, I kind of, I like the idea of ticking, ticking them off the list and go, cool, I finished this um, horde of zombies. I finished this project, whatever it is. But, but I don't. I, I very rarely have I, I, when I look back over the last five years, which is pretty much how long I've been um, nutty, like absorbed and obsessed with the, <laughs> with the hobby, there's not many projects, unless they're very small projects, like a diorama or something like that, that I can safely say, tick, I've finished that. When it comes to armies and the bigger projects, yeah, they're, I'm constantly tinkering away on bits and pieces on them, but or I generally work with two to three projects at a time, but yeah, I get easily distracted by lovely, shiny things. And actually, <laughs> talking of that, that's another problem. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this. In fact, I know I'm not alone in this. You'll be working on something, absolutely determined to finish it. And then you go, oh, just have a look on the Games Workshop website just to see if there's anything new being released. You have a look and bam, there's like a whole new army or there's the re-release of the Valhalla Ice Warriors, which has been a recent one for me. And I go, oh my God, I could paint them. And before I know it, I've got those in my dirty little hands and I'm, I'm base coating those and getting excited about those and I've forgotten all about the last project that I was going to do and that I was excited about. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, <laughs> a bit of a tangent there. But anyway, I, what I'm currently working on, as I say, I like to work on two to three projects at once because then I don't get bored of the one thing. Um, I've got a fairly big uh, Rourke's Drift um, project, you know, with the with the twenty fourth foot British line infantry and uh, and a whole ton of Zulus. Um, I was very fortunate to get my hands on the Warlord Games uh, Rourke's Drift set that has the hospital and the uh, what is it, the chapel? I think it was. Um, I haven't put any of the buildings together yet. I've put a whole bunch of the British uh, troops together and I've put a whole bunch of the Zulus together, but I have probably another hundred and something Zulus. I'm not going to go for the total 4,000, which is the historically correct number, approximately. Um, but I am going for a, a couple of hundred because I just want, like in my mind's eye, I want to see those sweeping planes with a whole bunch of Zulus swarmings towards this little um, this little place known as Rourke's Drift. Um, I'm also uh, going for a hundred and, oh, now you need to quote me now, but I think it's, was it 154 uh, defenders at Rourke's Drift? So I'm going for, you know, every character or every model is going to actually be someone who is there. So I've got this idea of under the base, you'll have Private Williams or whatever it was, Private Jones or under each base. Um, now that, that's a whole new level of crazy, I think, because yes, you might have some of the key characters in a battle or in a war or something like that. You might have a model of, of Rommel, Erwin Rommel from World War II, the Desert Fox, or you might have a, uh, I don't know, like you might have Han Solo, for example, but you wouldn't name all the stormtroopers, you know, like you, <laughs> you wouldn't have, uh, this is FZP331 uh, stormtrooper, you know, <laughs> but 
I would. So that's that's a big difference, and that's a, a I don't know some crazy OCD thing. Um, but yeah, so I'm working on the Rourke's Drift thing. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I I do like my my history um, a hell of a lot. And as I'm getting older, it's a, it's almost like a phenomenon. But there's a lot of uh, hobbyists and gamers out there who, as they get older, they suddenly start turning more towards the historical kind of stuff. I still love my fantasy and and 40k and blah blah blah, but but yeah, definitely more interested in historical stuff as I get older. Um, so yeah, so there's that one. Uh, I've also, as I mentioned before, I've got my hands on some Valhalla Ice Warriors. I'm really, really keen to paint them. See, they're ones I probably won't really convert at all because they're metal. I don't like converting metal because it's a it's it's a tougher slog. Um, but I'll probably try and do something a little bit more interesting with the paintwork and uh, the basing as well, just to make them mine, just to make them eros, you know, Imperial Rebel Orc stamp on those models. Probably a little bit of blood as well. I like my, I like a bit of blood. Um, and what else have I got going? Jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've just finished a massive fort for my Praetorian Guard Army. You can find that on Instagram, Imperial Rebel Orc Instagram, um, or Imperial Rebel Orc uh, WordPress. Uh, that's where you get more details, and I write all about it and waffle on a fair bit, and there's lots and lots of pictures. So check that out, guys, if you if you feel uh, like you want to. Um, so I've just finished that, and because of because of the enjoyment level I had in building forts and stuff, and because one of my daughters is kind of keen to build something with me, we're now building, we're now like doing some world building and, and doing this little scrappy kind of village. And we've only started one building together and it's called, uh, she named it, it's called Dead Saloon. <laughs> so it gives you a rough idea what kind of building it is. Um, but it, And it's sort of... Uh, old school wild west meets 40k think think like that i've got a whole bunch of figures that i made about 80 months ago for this project as well so so yeah so that's going on as well so that's me i'd love to hear what you guys are working on you can email me imperialrebelorc at gmail.com tell me all about it um happy to you know uh, give you a shout out on the podcast and all that kind of thing too um you can also uh, dm me on imperial rebel orc the instagram um or you know follow me on the wordpress and comment on there and let me know what your thoughts are or what you're working on, love love getting involved with people. It's it's a big part of the hobby for me, um, online anyway, so far. So that's it for episode two of Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. I hope you're enjoying it so far. I know it's kind of probably a little bit slapdash at the moment, but um, I'm having fun doing it. I hope you're having fun listening to it. I hope you stick with it. Tell your friends, um, rate it, whatever you've got to do on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. I don't really know too much, <laughs> too much about that. Uh, there's also another podcast I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a half the team of, which is Fly on the Wall podcast. Um, that's all one word. So look, look us up on uh, your... Uh, you know, your favorite podcast listening platforms as well. Uh, but that's it from me, guys. So yeah, uh, uh, stay safe in these crazy COVID-19 times. Get lots done with the hobby. Gets lot, get lots painted. And uh, yeah, make sure you continue supporting hobby shops if you can, um, if they're online or if they're still out and about out there. So uh, yeah, we gotta, we got to keep this shit going. Um, all right, that's me. Thanks, guys. Bye. You've been listening to the Imperial Rattle Podcast.